I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Today, we're discussing the third episode of the first season of Leverage called The Snow Job. Beth, what did you think? First of all, I thought it was the fourth episode. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> We've just recorded the third episode of Supernatural, Supernatural. <laughs> in which we got we both got confused a little bit and thought we were doing the fourth episode. Yeah. Not, so I'm going to take that again. I mean, we could just leave it in. I think it's funny. <laughs> Today we are discussing the fourth episode of the first season of Leverage called The Snow Job. Beth, what did you think? Well, I was right. There was a snow resort. There was. I, I was, was sitting here while you were making your predictions line. trying to like not giggle and glee. I'm very proud of myself. Um, however, that is not what I want to talk about. Okay. What I want to talk about is the start of the episode. Yep. I just... First of all, what happens to the people in this episode? Like, obviously what happens to the victims in all the Leverage episodes is atrocious. Mm Mm-hmm. But you told me before we watched this yes. that this is based on true events. Yeah. And that makes me want to start throwing things uh-huh. so hard yeah. across the room. What I call the that the fuck? leverage effect. What the actual fuck? Yeah. The leverage effect is very funny. It makes me think of a catapult because of the yeah. leverage. <laughs> um, okay. So, first of all... Uh, the Scots. I don't know what any of their first names are. I'm pretty sure. I don't think they. Through the episode, I'm pretty sure they pretty much just call them the Scots, the family. Yeah, I think we might get a name for the, like, the father who ends, like, punches yeah. the Red Sings and then ends up in, in the little the cell. cell. I don't think we get anyone else's name and I cannot remember his name for Yeah, life, me neither, which is why I'm, I'm pretty sure through the most of the episode they just refer to him as the, the Scots. Scots. Yeah. So I'm going to call him Scott Scott. Okay. So, because then he's Scots, you know. Okay. Um, so, I understand his rage. I yeah. really do. I, it, what has been done to him by these assholes is just unforgivable. It yeah. is unfathomably evil. Yeah. It, like, it truly, when you're talking about real life evil, not like in a supernatural or fantasy yeah. sense, like when you're talking about like capitalism evil, mm-hmm. this is it. Right? And so I get him as being as furious as he is. I truly do. Mm. But hitting him Mm. in the face, in the eyes of the law, unprovoked, in front of police officers. I'm like, I get it. I do. I really do. But your kid's just lost his house. Are you going to make him lose his dad too? Especially given that the family is black and Mm. given, like, obviously, Mm. the situation with the police mm. in America particularly, and given that this is not even a recent show. No. So it cannot be any better than yeah. we're currently dealing So I just, I feel like that was an interesting decision, but I felt like that was probably a little bit, I don't know. I feel like maybe there was another way that they could have introed the episode that was yeah. a little more... I don't know, sensitive? I don't really know yeah. the word I'm looking for. But, yeah. Although I will I will say, when he ends up in the prison cell talking to Nate, the, the lighting in that scene really did make me feel very at home because yeah. it's 100% supernatural. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I understand this. Yeah. Look at this bar imagery. Yeah. <laughs> so that made me feel at home. But the way that he got there, I was kind of yeah. like, I, mm, you know. Everyone has emotional responses. True. And so I was sort of like, oh, well, this is just like an emotional response. 
and I don't think I am educated enough to make like a definitive statement about whether this is furthering stereotypes True. about people of colour or not. But I did have a question and that is I don't know how Nate gets into the holding cell to speak with him. Because like yeah. does he pose as his lawyer? Is he did Nate get arrested for something else? Drunk driving. Like um which yeah that he Nate in this episode is a mess. I a fucking mess. And hate it, him so much. And it features your favourite element of every Leverage episode. The fucking flashback. I still hate, in all caps, the flashback is my next note. Uh, yep. it's, I watched this with my roommate sitting next to me and she just goes, is that the fucking flashback you keep bitching about? And I was like, yes, yes it is. And she was like, yeah, I get it. It's bad. There are so many things that I love about this first season of Leverage and that flashback <laughs> ain't it. not one of them. No. It's, it's bad. I think... It is a choice and a half. And I, Yeah, I want to know... I want to know how the fuck Nate got into that prison cell purely because who contacted him? Like, yeah. Did he... Did because Scott he's... use his one fucking call to, to what call Nate? How... Like, did he... Was he just... Goo- like, he was like, oh... Hey, I I need some I need a an insurance investigator on this. Like, so they do explain down the line like how they find clients, mm. specifically how Hardison finds clients because Hardison is like underappreciated yeah. to Helen back. He does so much shit for that team and none of them acknowledge any of it. Yeah. Uh but I do not I genuinely do not know how they managed to find the Scots. Like how they managed to it's never Find the explained. Scots so they could help the Scots. And, like, even later in this episode, Nate's talking about, like, when Sophie's, you know, in, she's conning them, which is immediately preceded by one of the most iconic leverage scenes of all time of Parker just diving out the window <laughs> face Land first on and Elliot. landing on Elliot, which is everything I love about this show in, like, one scene. <laughs> it's insane. I love it so much. But, so, you know, Sophie's walking upstairs. She's playing coy. She's doing the demure thing. She's, like, yeah. you know, stringing this guy along so he'll write her the check. Yeah. And then Nate is in the car and they establish that it's not just the one victims, like, not just no, the one family victims. There close. are 400 families who have had their homes taken by the Redzings because they have done shoddy work. They have jumped the prices. Intentionally. Like, this isn't just, like, they, you know, they were trying to do the best they could, but the, you know, clients couldn't pay them and they still needed to be fairly compensated. No, this is... Intentionally. Intentionally fucking them over. over. Yeah. Like, he literally says, we just slap some spackle around. Like, Mm. they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And Nate is, like, one client... 400 victims Mm -hmm. they acknowledge that it's so much bigger than just one family but no so they establish there are 400 other people this has happened to yeah i don't understand why the scots were the family yeah that they managed to work out were a client like it's happened to 400 other people so many other people i think why like yeah a lot of the times, like, you kind of know how the either the clients find them or they find the clients. Like, you can sort of work out. Kind of how through the spiderweb it would have come to, yeah. How it would have come to them. But I just, I do not know. Like, this dude is in jail. Maybe, maybe the wife 
was like looking for a lawyer or something. Yeah. And like, you know, Hardison does have like a whole bunch of like Google search engine optimization <laughs> stuff so that they do pop up. Um, and then maybe the wife organized for yeah the meeting with Nate, but then it's just I don't know why they were meeting with Scott Scott, not the wife, like Yeah. No, it doesn't make much fucking no. sense. The thing that confused me about this, a lot of things actually confused me about this episode, and we'll get to them in time, yeah. but one of the things that confused me was the discussion of money in general. Two different points in this episode I was very confused about the concept of, of money. Yeah. The first being when Nate tells Sophie to rip up the initial check. Yeah. And I understand why they did it plot-wise, but I'm also kind of like, okay, Pokémon los dos. Why not just take both? Why not take the 500 grand for the Scots and then be like, hey, while we're here, I've got another thing that I think you might be interested in that I would not have given to your brother. Like, do both. Like, I don't understand why it was important to rip up the first 500 grand. it comes to reading the mark and realising that the second brother is a way better mark than the first brother. Yeah. In that he actually has he actually power. has power. Yeah. And he could get them a much bigger payout. And I think if they hadn't ripped up the initial check, mm. he would not have done business with them. Okay. Because you see how skeptical he is in general. In general. Yeah. If he had thought that she was the sort of person who would go into business with his brother. Yeah. I do not think he would have gone into business with her. Okay, that's fair. I I think it's. Yeah, that's personally what I think the motivation behind that scene was, at least from a character perspective. Yeah. Okay, cool. My other question about money in this episode. Nate pulls the trick saying, like, oh, like, we just had someone die in Chicago. Like... I've been eyeing a new Lexus. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. blah. And fucking Dennis goes, well, where's my car? And I'm like, Dennis, what the fuck are you on about? And they're also like, Dennis, what the fuck are you on about? And he's like, I gave 10 grand. It's like, 10 grand is pennies to you guys. Like, it's fucking nothing. It'd be like if Jeff Bezos left left like a $100,000 tip. It's like the same equivalent. It's like, it means nothing to him. But fucking Dennis, anyway, is like, I want a car. And they're like, all right. And Nate writes him a check for $100,000, which everyone's justifiably pissed about yeah right but the thing that gets me is like i would be pissed about the morality of the fact that they're giving him money yeah but they're all mad about the fact that nate gave them gave him their money and i have a couple of questions about this one how could nate have given the him their money nate can't control their bank accounts yeah. nate can only have given him his own money yeah. and second of all Aren't they like fuck off and buy an island rich? I mean, yeah, they are. So like a hundred, th- like especially, it's nothing to them. They earn like thirty four million or some shit each from yeah. the first, the original episode. Yeah, split between a hundred thousand dollars, split between five. Yeah, is fucking nothing. It's twenty grand each. So the way I sort of assume it works is they probably have like a corporate bank account. Gotcha. That if they have a mark and they need to like string the mark along or whatever, they yeah. have like. You know, maybe a million dollars sitting sure. in a bank account that they use. Okay, because for I was, that I was like, but he, he yeah, can't, it's not like he can reach into Parker's bank account and no. t- take twenty grand and give it. But also, to be fair, Parker doesn't keep her money in a bank account. Oh, well, 
You know, you know what I mean, though. Like, she, he, she doesn't like stuff. She likes money. And as far as I can tell, she just has, like... Pallets of money in her Pallets of, like, money and shit. I love And, like, that. gold. And that, like... <laughs> Parker is not the sort of person who's... Got a credit card. Got, like, she hasn't got a bank. Like, she hasn't got all her money in a bank. I think she'd probably have some of her money in the bank. Okay. But I think a good chunk of it would be, like, in cash. Because okay. it's a whole thing down the line. But, yeah, no, you're actually kind of right there. Like, I... It doesn't make sense that they're getting so pissed. I think it's more the sort of thing of like they don't they don't think the mark is actually on the hook enough. Yeah. They're sort of pissed because he's just like he's trying to string this mark along, but the mark is not getting strung along. And because Nate is drinking, which is like a reoccurring character. He's yeah, an alcoholic. Let's, we'll talk about that in a moment. When you finish this point, let's yeah. circle back to that. But no, I think they're more sort of pissed that Nate's just given the Mark money without actually really probably hooking the Mark. Like, they're sort of worried that this the entire thing is going to flop. Yeah. And then the Mark's going to get richer. Yeah. Whereas they haven't without the being able to help the client, really. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Back on Nate being drunk. Yeah. I have made my position on Nate very clear. Yeah. I don't like this man. Yeah. This episode made me dislike him even more for a number of reasons. Let me list them. Okay. (laughs) So, first of all, I've mentioned a couple of times that this dude is like fucking some sort of wannabe Keanu Reeves. Mm -hmm. Walks into this fucking episode looking like he just came off a fucking shitty Matrix remake set. Yeah. So I feel like my point is supported. This fucking dude is not pulling it off. Anyway, so he walks in. He's late. First of all, he's fucking hung over. Mm-hmm. Second of all, third of all, he walks in and immediately tells them, hey, stop having camaraderie. Yeah. Which... I want to know the details. And then he stands up and is fucking dick to Sophie and being mm-hmm. like, how's your luge? And, it, yeah. and she's like, what? And he doesn't give her any more context. No. He just says it again, which is and like kind of condescending. And then Sophie gets up and leaves. And I'm like, yes, babe, that's a mood. That is a mood. If I had to be in a room with that man, I would also get up and leave. Otherwise, a murder would be committed. I just, look, I get I get her, but I also don't because she still seems into him and I'm so confused about it because, right, I'm just going to go on about Nate. I'm okay. going to get this all out in one That's hit. okay. Otherwise, we're going to be here for three yeah. hours. So I'm just going to scroll through all my notes okay. and just find all my ones about him. So also this episode First of all, okay, okay, he's obviously a dick. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't understand why Sophie likes him. Mm, yeah. But it's also, it's not like he's even a good looking dick. He is wearing the dumbest fucking hat of all yeah. time for 90% of this episode. Yeah. It's a fucking fedora. Yeah. And it's got this stupid little belt yeah. on it that's pink and green. Like, you know that fucking joke about Cosmo and Wanda ain't slick? Yeah. It's like Cosmo and Wanda ain't slick on this fucking hat. And it looks ugly as shit. And he wears it the whole episode and I don't understand it. And then... After Sophie's ripped up the $500,000, which is a decision that he makes without consulting any of them, yeah. which Elliot then points out to him, hey, what the fuck, when did you make this decision? And he goes, I don't have to run anything by you. It's like, excuse me, sir, the, what kind of... T- you told me this was found family. This feels like a found tyranny. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, sorry, I'm just... I've got to get this all out. I'm so mad That's at okay. It. Though I will say... Do you at least start to notice the found family within the other characters? Oh, yeah, sure. But Nate's a twat. Nate's a twat for the... Yeah. Oh, fuck him. Anyway. All right. So we'll move on past that. Yeah. Then, then, drinking and driving. Yep. 
drink it. Don't do that. Yep. Because, and here is, I get really mad about road safety. Yep. I'm the kind of person who gets real mad about it. Mate. And because, because. Preach into the choir here. You forgot my first ever fucking PSA. (laughs) I haven't forgot. I'm just, look, my my thing about driving Mm -hmm. is that, for example, I, I choose not to drink. That is a choice that I make personally about my own body and my own health and blah, blah, blah. And yep. I've got my reasons for that. And I choose not to drink. If someone else chooses to drink, that's not a problem. That's that's their body. And they can, like, choose to do what they want. It's like, their life. Like, yeah, exactly. And I'm never going to be mad about that. However, if that person then chooses to get in a car and make their decision impact the lives of literally everyone else around them, anyone else in that car, anyone else on the road, anyone just walking down the fucking street, because if they are inebriated and they aren't focusing and they have an accident, they can't just put themselves at risk, but everyone around them. And that's why I get so angry. And that's why I'm so mad at fucking Nate, yeah. who then gets pulled over by the police, who then don't even fucking breath test him or anything. No, because the reason they put him over is not because he's drunk driving, is because he's a... Oh, that makes me angry. He's not even hiding it. Like, it's not like he drank and then got in the car. He's drinking from a fucking flask in the fucking car. It's not even like he's drinking from, like, a cola bottle or something. No. Where you could be like, oh, maybe he's just having, like... No. It's not, like, even, like, a drink bottle. It's a fucking flask. And it just makes me want to kill him. Anyway. Oh. And then poor Sophie yeah. ends up doing this thing that a lot of women end up doing when they have men. Yeah. Is that she ends up acting like a pseudo-parent. To this giant grown man who's behaving like a toddler. Yeah. And I just... <sighs> like, Sophie, babe, you can do better. Yes, she can. Like, anyway. And then he keeps wearing that fucking ugly hat. And that just pisses me off in every scene. I was like, who... Tra-? And he keeps wearing it yeah. inside. Mm-hmm. He was wearing it in a car at night. Why? Why? I don't, like... I'm sure the costume designer had, like... You know, I'm sure they were inspired by fucking something. I'm sure there was a reason. I'm sure it wasn't about Cosmo and Wanda. But look, You're saying Cosmo. I don't understand. Anyway, so he's wearing this fucking hat. And then finally, yeah, finally, he's sitting in the waiting room. For some fucking reason, he has chosen to sit directly next to someone else yeah. who's not even wearing headphones or something. And he is talking to himself. And finally, someone notices because he ain't fucking slick. No way. And he's giving the biggest fucking side eye. I think it's meant to be a doctor who's sitting next to him. Oh, I assumed it was like a patient because it looked like he had some kind of neck brace Uh. on. But because MRIs and stuff, so it makes sense he was there for a scan. But yeah. Anyway, not the point. Not the fucking point. I hate him so much. He's so stupid. And then when Sophie, when he pisses everyone off and like everyone leaves and Sophie's like, I'm going to talk to him in private. And so she said, there's the most dramatic fucking music. And he's sitting there. He looks like a super villain in his fucking white egg chair and his dumb clothes and his stupid hat and his fancy alcohol glass. Mm. And there's dramatic music going on, which is just so much. Anyway. (gasps) I'm getting, I'm nearly done. I promise. That's okay. I promise. And then at the the end of the episode. The end of the episode, Sophie, who is a babe, she is beautiful, she is intelligent, Mm -hmm. she is qualified, she is fucking loaded, she is the sweetest being of all time. And she's like, make it worth me staying, give me a reason to stay. And off she walks, off she saunters, and it just finishes on him. And I'm like, Sophie, babe, you can do better. Literally, oh my god, any man... Any man would be better than that fucking man. I just want to shake her gently by the shoulders and say, honey, sweetie, no, 
No, don't settle for him. He doesn't treat you right. I'm sorry. Okay, that I mean, you're not wrong. That's I can't really respond because you're not wrong. That is 100% accurate. He is, especially at this point, like emotionally replaced the little man with alcoholism issues. Like, yes. Oh, and also this is not specifically about Nate, but it does confuse mm. me. Why does everyone always say what seems to be the problem, officer? I don't know. I think... I don't think I've said that. I've been pulled over by the police before for, like, random breath tests and stuff. And I don't think I've ever said... I'm, I'm always just like, hi. <laughs> like, I don't... I don't know. I think there are two explanations. Either it's an American thing. Maybe. Because it's in, business. like, every yeah. fucking piece of media. Or at least specifically in this piece of media, they are criminals who are wanted by quite a few different law enforcement agencies. Mm. And so... They're asking what the problem is, so they don't say jack shit that could potentially incriminate them. Sure. Because that's the whole reason of, like, if, like, a cop pulls you over and goes, oh, do you know why I pulled you over today? You, you should no. just be like, oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Because if you go, oh, I was speeding a little bit back there, you've just confirmed for them yeah. that you were fucking speeding. Oh, political, uh, political legal advice with Jamie. Love that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Law girl at Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I promise that I'm pretty – I looked through all of my notes. I'm pretty sure that was everything I had written about Nate. Okay. I will also point out it is about half of my notes. Okay. So I should you just be, really I should be much more Nate. subdued from this That's point okay. On. I think going from Nate to Sophie is a really pretty yeah. logical jump to sure. make. I really want to talk about Sophie in this episode mm-hmm. because I love her. Yes, I love her too. I love the black dress that mm-hmm. she is wearing at the hospital. I want it. It's beautiful. She looks stunning. I want it. Sophie's costume design is consistently fantastic. She looks amazing. I love her so Very much. classy, very smooth. As much as you hated Nate's stupid fucking hat. It's the ugliest thing I've seen in my life. I Here's the thing. Nate has one mode. Whenever Nate's going, like, you know how, like, Sophie goes undercover and she, like, you haven't really seen it yet, but she has, like, a really wide variety of roles that she can play. Like, she can yeah. do so much. Like, that girl is a fucking comedian. Yeah. Comedian? That girl is a chameleon. fucking chameleon. Yeah. She can become anybody. Nate has one word. Yeah, it's yelling in a hospital. And that is <laughs> annoying motherfucker with a stupid hat. Like. Yeah. Being socially uh, inappropriate. Yes. Consistently, his role is like you. We saw it in uh, the second episode in the homecoming job, where his entire personality was annoying dude with a funny accent. Like that is who he cast himself as. Actually, and then in the wedding job, mm-hmm. similar as the priest, he was just like a, the most in fucking competent. Yeah, and I just wanted to murder him. Yeah, I have not watched an episode yet where I haven't wanted to throttle that man. Yeah. Wow, my rage is really coming out. I'm yeah. sorry. I should normally I should save this for John to, Winchester. I should speak to my therapist about this. No, I well, like I did say, Nate is the John Winchester of yeah. leverage. Like that's my yeah official you know statement, statement piece. piece. Yeah. yeah, but no. So I want to talk about specifically the moment where she's like with Randy, the older brother. Yes, and. Yes. They've just gone back to Miami. Uh-huh. They're meeting the father, yes. which I cannot remember. Like He says that she's French. That is the moment. And she goes, guten tag. And he goes, French? Nice. And, and she looks like she just died inside. Yeah. She's like, oh, I can feel my IQ dropping just being in your presence. But it did remind me of when we were in France. 
and we were talking to those American tourists on that same cruise. Yeah. And they were like, oh, so you guys locals? And we were like, what gave you that idea? And they were like, oh, your accent. <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> oh, and it's like, what part of the voice that I'm currently speaking to you in makes you think I'm fucking French? And like, mind you, like we were in France and like we both know like a little bit of French. But, like, we are in no way fluent. And we were not speaking French to the American no. tourists who don't know French. And also, we weren't putting on a French accent. We sounded full fucking Aussie. I'm like, they're like, oh, like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, like, Australia. And they were like, oh, you're not local. And I was like, why would I be local? <laughs> what about this fucking Australian accent to you screams, I am a local Parisian. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It just, it made, that's what it made me think of. And I just laughed a lot. And I was like, man, I know there are a lot of stereotypes about Americans, but like this one kind of. I, yeah, I just love the moment. Cause you can see Sophia like dying inside. Yeah. She's like. Ugh. Although oh, I will God. say her accent is interesting through the episode. It yeah. does. It certainly doesn't stay consistent the no. whole time, which this is not a slide against no. her because accents are fucking hard. Mm-hmm. I think Gina Bellman does like a fantastic job. Cause like. You haven't really seen this yet because you've only watched four episodes, but, like, every single episode, she has a new accent. Mm. She, it is very rare that she does, like, the same accent more than, like, maybe two or three times. Like, she is, yeah. she's, like, cycling through them. Like, <laughs> she is, like, American one week. I can't wait for you to watch uh, the Two Life Horse job because the, her accent in that I fucking love. <laughs> I also adore that episode for other reasons, but I also hate that episode. So it's going to be an interesting one, Oh, I think. fun. Okay, let's so, go to it. It's a... Uh, I remember some elements of that episode fondly and others not so much. Yeah. But I'm so pumped for you to see it because I think you're going to love the same elements that I love from it. Yeah. I can kind of forgive the other elements. But, uh, yeah, no, she does – I think she ultimately does a really fantastic job because, like, you got to remember, she gets, like, a week. Like, they normally film, like, yeah. an episode a week. So she gets a week to learn Perfect, perfect an accent. And perfect yeah. an accent. And I think she does, like – a really good job. This one is definitely one of her more inconsistent accents. Yeah. But, like... I didn't notice it too much until uh, the scene where she is with Dennis up on the second floor. And I was like, I I feel like maybe it could have been an acting choice because Mm -hmm. she was sort of, like, having to think on the fly and they were changing the plan and she was, like, confused and kind of shocked because Nate's, like, rip up the money. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a... Like, maybe that's, like, a choice for her to slip a little bit. Yeah. But... I, that was the only point where and I was And it's also like, she's mm. gone from dealing with Randy to Dennis. So she's trying to modify the character yeah. to who Dennis she's wants her to be to. versus who Randy wants her to be. Because, yeah. like, that's the other thing. I think this episode does a really fantastic job with Sophie specifically of, like, having Gina Bellman alter her, like, acting choices depending on who, who she's, she's trying to con. Yeah. Like, because, you know, when she's with Randy, she's like, Boom, yeah. Yeah. And then she's dealing with Dennis and she's like, you know, all this shit about control. Like, yeah. I'm a man who knows what it really means to be in control. Yeah. And like, that's what it's, so it's like, I think they did a, like, it's really smart. It's very clear as well. Yeah. That it's, it's very distinct, the different tactics that she's using. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny that she kind of, she says to Dennis, like, oh, you know, I'm just like playing your brother essentially, but yeah. he doesn't assume that she's also playing him. Yeah. I think it's like, it, it, Definitely, like, lends itself to being, like, 
you know how good she is because like this guy openly knows that she's playing this dude and he doesn't suspect for a second that she's also playing him. You know, stupid and horny. Men are stupid and horny. I am shocked how often this is. Actually, I'm really not shocked how often this is coming up, but I'm glad that it's a recurring thing that we get to laugh about. Yeah. Um, Across multiple series. Yeah. And um, seasons and characters (laughs) and episodes and universal. Yeah. It is universal. I have a quick Mm -hmm. note. Dennis. Yeah. The actor. Mm -hmm. Is he from Buffy? I have no idea, but you're correct. That actor looks weirdly familiar. I like he walked on, and I was like, "Oh my god, is that the kid from Buffy?" I have no idea, but you're correct. Like I watched, I've never actually thought about it, but uh, you are correct. This guy looks really familiar. I swear he's from Buffy. I swear he plays like not a significant role but like a recurring like side character i think yeah like i think he plays one of the other students in their year at sunnydale yeah let me i'm just googling it so that i can actually like tell you exactly what he's been in that means that we're both looking at it like this guy though like yeah yes he was a recurring character for six years on buffy Named Jonathan something. Yes, 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 yes. That is the character I was thinking of. I can't yeah. remember his name, but yes. Okay. Well, good Same to actor. Good to know that um, I can recognise him. The leverage <laughs> supernatural Buffy triangle. Oh, right. The, honestly, the Venn diagram is interesting. He, yeah, he, he has been in other things, specifically Buffy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you're wondering where you recognise him from, yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Cool. Um, While we're on him. I feel like, and I recognise we're only four episodes in, but I do think he is the most actually formidable antagonist yeah. that we've had so far. And I think it's because he is genuinely smart. Yeah. Like, and I find a lot in, like, a lot of shows, not just Leverage, not just, like, specific to this episode, but just across the board, a lot of the time when you have, like, people who are villainous in this particular way tend to be so, like, arrogant about it that they fuck up and make mistakes and they yeah. just, like, act as though, oh, no one could ever fool me. Like, no yeah. one could ever be so smart as to outwit me. Dennis is, like, actively questioning her and going to, like, extents to be like, okay, well, on these contingencies, like, I'm yeah. going to make sure that I'm not getting fucked over here. And he does it so well that, like, in the end, it's not even him who ends up getting no. fucked over. Like, they use... The fact that they think they can get him to f- get his brother and dad to fuck up. Yeah. Like, it's not even him who really fucks up in the end. It's them. Yeah. And, and they acknowledge this right from the very start. When they're doing the briefing, they're like, mm-hmm. Redsing and Sons, this is yeah. Henry Redsing. These are the two sons, Dan, Dennis and Randy. They acknowledge that Dennis is the brains behind the operation. He For is the reason that they managed to uh, they managed to escape charges in the fraud investigation. Yeah. I think like, he is genuinely, like, actually very thorough. And, yeah. like, he knows that he's good, but he doesn't let that no. uh, impact him to the point where he's going to make yeah. a stupid mistake because he underestimates the person he's dealing with. And I appreciate that because it makes him a more... Mm. makes It makes it higher stakes. Yeah. In, a, like, a believable way. Yeah, you're right. I think in the first... I think the other thing is... All of the other villains we've had so far, they've been very entrenched in, like, 
whatever bad shit they've been doing, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, right. Dennis is kind of removed from it. Like, yeah. it's not him doing the dirty work. He doesn't think it's... And it's also, he knows he's got a scam. Like, he knows he's got a scam going. He knows that yeah. while it's strictly legal, yeah, it is something that's precarious. Yeah, that yeah. could come tumbling down. Whereas, like, if you think of the wedding job, the, the mob box, I can't remember his name right now. Yeah. He is a very entrenched, like, it's very clear that he was sort of born into it. Like, he... Yeah. He has... Like, he's desensitised to... His view of what are going to be threats is not going to be the wedding planner and her entourage. It is, you know, Sergei in the same episode. Like, so he's not looking out for those sort of threats. He's not looking out because he doesn't think any... Oh, Moscone, that's his name. Yeah. Moscone does not think that anyone's going to try and scam him. I also think it's a matter of, like, if you're dealing with... If their target is already willingly doing criminal activity yeah they are aware that they are doing criminal activity they've already crossed those lines but for someone like dennis who is not technically doing the line activity he's towing the line exactly so he is way more nervous because he's like if i actually break a law all the house gonna cards be, is gonna crumble it's gonna crumble whereas if someone is just openly doing crime they're like they don't care about breaking the law they're already there and no, that's been the case in every episode so far. Every other bad guy they've gone against has already broken the law. Yeah. Because in the Nigerian job, I mean, he fucking hired thieves to steal his yeah. competition's plans. In the wedding job, he's a fucking mob boss. Yeah. And in the homecoming job, they have smuggled that muddy yeah. in from Afghanistan. Like, they already know. They've already done the crime bit. The crime bit. And like, so I think that Dennis also actually has more to lose. Yeah. Because he's not taken that risk yet of breaking the And he has the, the veneer of, like, legitimacy. Yeah, exactly. And if he loses that, then suddenly it doesn't just expose him for, like, one small crime. It exposes, like, this whole fucking network yeah. of manipulation and almost, like financial gaslighting yeah almost like mm. you know saying like oh we well, haven't paid us and then being like we didn't do the job and they're like well we did do the job and they're like well it's not done properly and they're like yes it is what are you talking about yeah. like because you you best believe that like the quotes they wrote up and stuff have all sorts of holes and loopholes which means that they technically lived up to their contract yeah exactly. and that's why there's no yeah but yeah so it's it's and definitely interesting just, to see yeah and also to look and see how they play multiple sort of bad guys against each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, up until this point, like, Dubinich worked alone. Yeah. Like, he had his assistant, but his assistant really was just sort of there. Mm-hmm. But Dubinich worked alone. Moscone, of course, they play him against his wife, but mm. it's not... They're, they're, not, they're really, not playing Heather. They don't really care about Heather. And they're not... He and Heather aren't even really in cahoots because she's betraying him yeah. already. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the homecoming job, they do have, like, they do play the two of them against each other, but the senator's sort of the secondary thought, yeah. and Carson's the first. So it's yeah. like... It's like, we may as well get this second, like, lesser mm-hmm. evil while we're at it kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But no, so it's really interesting to see, like, the, the way they play the dynamic of the three of them against them. And, like, honestly... Henry Redson gives kind of John Winchester vibes as well. Because he's fucking stupid. Yeah, because A, he's fucking stupid, and B, he picks favourites in his sons, like, <laughs> really hard. Yeah. I um I did make a note 
around about when they're having the like scuffle in the bank. Mm. I was like, why are men like that? What 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 are you hoping to achieve in this scenario? I Oh, I don't really have anything else to say on that. I they're just, just like, like I think that's the fun thing is that yeah, Dennis isn't an idiot. Like he No. Is he aware. gets treated like one. Yeah. And then the actual person who is literally an idiot gets treated like a like Fucking daddy genius. special boy. Yeah. yeah. Hot air bloody bungee jumping. Oh, yeah. ban- no, it's paintballing, yeah. Submarine cruises. The fruit pizza. Which, mm. honestly, like, here's, like, sort of snow festival meets music festival. Not the worst idea. Isn't the worst idea. Like... Yeah, I mean, in COVID times, sure, mm. but... Just Maybe definitely. a limited market, but, like... Especially high-end clientele, because yeah. if you're going to a ski resort, like, you've got some money to yeah. spend, so... Which we haven't even really talked about the ski resort, which for an episode called The Snow Job, not a lot of time to spend the snow. But we do have Parker sliding off the chairlift. Oh my god. Hanging from one hand and Nate's having to be like, Come on, Parker Parker, Parker and then she goes, Help I love that she goes, Hey, how you doing? The fucking dude who's like watching her. I love that he doesn't even like Blink. He's, he's just, just kind of like looking at her, like, huh, that's interesting. Like, even if, even if I was like, this woman doesn't seem that scared, I would still be like, are you, do you need a hand? Like, are you in shock? Like, yeah, do you not like, realize that? Can I help you here or are you good? Because, like, and if you've I'm, never been on a ski lift, like, those things are fucking high. Yeah, but like, even, even without that, like, I've sometimes, like, I, you know, at uni, mm. people take naps in weird places. Mm. And there have been occasions where someone's been taking a nap, like, against a wall on the ground. And so I'm like, hey, just checking you're all good. You know, just making sure you have an OD. And, you know, they've luckily always been like, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm good. I'm Like, I must have just dozed off mm-hmm. kind of thing, like waiting for a bus or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Just making sure you're alive. And, like, you know... I just, surely, you'd offer the same courtesy to someone who's dangling from one arm from a fucking chair. Surely you just go, just making sure this is intentional. Because she does not look stressed about it, but also... Exactly, but at least she's hanging from a ski lift by one hand. Just You would at least just be like, okay, I can't understand why you would have made this decision, but you seem all right. But just just to make sure that I'm not misreading this situation, do you require assistance? Can I be of help? And if then they say, oh, no, I'm good, you go, okay, not a problem. Have a lovely day. But if they go, actually, yes, I need some help, please, well, then you fucking help them. I just, this man, oh, men baffle me. While we're talking about the ski resort. Yeah. First of all, I want to make a quick note about how Randy is gross. Yeah. Um, the latex comment. Yeah. Literally. Oh, and the weird fixation on the, the helmet. helmet. I'm like, what? How is the helmet the sexy part? Anyway. He just likes proper safety. It's just kind of like, eh, gag a little bit. You know, yeah. it's gross. Um, to be fair, it's meant to be like, eh, gag a little bit, kind of gross. Like, yeah. It, I, oh, I know. I'm just pointing. Like, it, it is. And, effective. Uh, yeah, it's effective. <laughs> and I love Sophie's reaction to it because she just looks like, oh, what? Like, she looks like she wants to shake the words off of her. And I was like, yeah, same, babe. Um, um, even Elliot's a bit like that when Randy's like, bring it in, and his face, and he's just like... Oh my god, he just like fucking grabs him. I was like, bro, that's not... That's a bit rude. What are you doing? <laughs> um, 
Though I will say about that scene, I just have one quick... uh, I want to interject it here. Yeah, go for it. I want a fireplace with built-in marshmallow toasting rolls. Oh, my God. Literally the dream. The retractable. Oh. Oh, Built-in, brand new. Oh. (laughs) Um, I wanted to quickly note, I love that... Elliot, like, weirdly suits the beanie. I think yeah. it looks good. I kind of want one. Like, yeah. it's cute. And the beanie um, glasses combo. Yes. However, the Toblerone. Yeah. Like, and, like, the photo. Yeah. And it's, like, he really commits to the bit. Yeah, he does. The fucking Toblerone got me. Yeah. I was, like, I saw it in his hand before he placed it on the desk, and I was, like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. That is the... Best product placement I've ever possibly seen. Oh, my God. It was... And he does the little twirl with it. Yeah. And that's just the first instance of many. He does it again in this episode where he twirls the syringe. Syringe, yeah. And him and Hardison are just like, oh, I'm not dealing with that nastiness. Oh, like, that? Okay, I have a question about that too, actually. Mm-hmm. First of all, Elliot's idea to use the two machines. Yeah. Right? Genius. Yeah. I don't understand how him dating a neurologist helped him come up with that plan because it seems to make perfect sense to yeah. me and I've never dated or studied a neurologist slash neurology. So I'm not sure why that was relevant, but anyway. There's a lot of things like that with Elliot where they're just like, he has this random knowledge. And, like, it's actually not that uncommon knowledge. Yeah. But he's just like, oh, I dated a blank once. Um, so I have a couple more questions about okay. that part of the episode, yep. okay? First of all, how did they get access to the medical suite? I would assume most of those medical suites have, like, the appointment calendar online so that multiple doctors can log in and schedule their patients for scans. So Hardison just hacked the schedule. I guess theoretically, because here's the thing. Like, okay, so say if I needed to go get an x-ray done right here, I would go to the place we have the x-ray. I have to have a referral. I have to bring that referral to Mm -hmm. the x-ray place They would have to make me an appointment based on how urgent it was I had that x-ray. And then I would have to go and get the x-ray. Now, I don't get to choose which doctor goes. The doctor that referred me is not the doctor that does it. They have their own radiologist who then does the scan and then writes a report and sends that back to the GP referring. So, like, again, different to America. Mm. But I don't understand how that is. is The doctor that uh, Dennis chose is some sort of neurologist, etc. Because you're assuming he's choosing... Who would be involved with that hospital? It yeah. Would have to be. So it, it may be... And then so she secured that chamber for the patient because you would assume they'd scheduled it with her. And then they just hacked the schedule to get the, the other, other one. Because the only other thing that I could think was that maybe they told the hospital that they were conducting some sort of study. Yeah. And I mean, they might have. I It just confused me. Yeah. I was like, how are you guys getting open access to this equipment? Do you know how fucking expensive that equipment is? Like, you're talking millions of dollars. I just don't, I don't get it. So, yeah, so that, like, it, it's minor, but, it, like, it just, it just confounded me a little bit. Yeah, I just assumed they had the, like, booking schedule. Yeah. And booked. Two rooms. Two rooms. The other thing that I don't think we're going to get an answer to this, but, like, how the fuck did they get the cadaver? Like, in the episode, Elliot just goes, you do really want to know? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, cool. So they didn't come up with a reason, (laughs) a way for them to get the cadaver. That's fine. I get it. It would have been very difficult for them to, like, realistically orchestrate a way that could be, like, viewed as... It's also... This show (laughs) really loves to do, like, 
as much as like there's a little like inconsistencies and stuff and you're like, oh, how do they book out the MRI suites? They uh, they do like to make sure that everything that they do is technically possible. Yeah. So uh, if they gave a technically possible way of stealing a cadaver out of a morgue. <laughs> that would be or, a problem. That would be a problem if anyone then went and did it because then they could be liable for it. Yeah. So I think it might have also just been a legality issue sure. of like if they give you a way that they got this cadaver and then somebody else does the same way and it works. Yeah, yeah. They are then liable for that if the person goes, oh, but I just did it because like they yeah, did no, it. Yeah, that, no, that's fair. <laughs> One last thing about this set of scenes. Yeah. When they stab the needle into mm. the cadaver, I assume they've gone through the eye. Yeah. Because they seem – the way that they kind of, like – you can't see my gestures. But yeah. But it kind of – he brings the needle up and then shuts it down. I'm like, what are you going through his fucking forehead? Like, That would just shatter the needle. I'm it's like, not going to go through the fucking body. Right, exactly. And so I'm like, but then you don't need to go up and, like, jab it. You just gently – you're going to explode the fucking eyeball if you do that. But then I was kind of like, why – why wouldn't you just go through the base of the skull? Like, they're going on about, like, oh, it's so gross, whatever. It's like, well, then don't go through the fucking eyeball. <laughs> like, you could go through the ear. Yeah. You could go through up through, like, the base of the skull. I'm like, it would not be that fucking difficult. You made it the, the yeah. trickiest, grossest possible way. And, like, it might be for the comedy, but I was also like, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> I think uh, partially it's because, yeah, the comedy and, like, being able to get that shot of him being, like, Stabs. It's funny when Elliot stamps it into his leg. Yeah. I do and he does funny. the little twirl again. Yeah, and I like the, the rock, paper, scissors. I think that's yeah. funny. It was very uh, Sam and Dean of them. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, sort of for the visual comedy element. And also, neither of these characters are doctors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I think it also is Elliot has more knowledge about, like, medicine and that because he's been shot a lot. <laughs> uh, he's been injured a lot. He knows quite a bit about medicine just simply because he's been injured a lot over the years. And so he kind of – I think he kind of assumes that Hardison would also have, like, (laughs) basic knowledge about the best way to do this and he just doesn't Doesn't. want to do it. Yeah. Uh, And then Hardison just doesn't have that knowledge. And then Elliot's like, the fuck are you doing? Like, why – because Hardison's like, I'm now fucking, like, I lost rock, paper, scissors. I guess I fucking have to do this. Like, I'm just going to, like, suck it up and do it. And he's just, like, two hands on this syringe – Throws it like straight through the fucking forehead, of and his then corpse. there's the moment where the doctor's like almost too, too big, big to, to believe. believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. I do have a couple of things that I didn't really like about this episode, yeah. and I feel like I should pepper them in now because I was kind of like negative Nancy for a moment there. Yeah. I love that when Hardison is changing, like using Photoshop to change the yeah. picture of the lady who won the luge. I love that this woman just happens to be yeah. Googling herself it's, at that exact moment. I understand that it's done just for comedy, but it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I'm like, I love this idea that this woman is just like, I'm just going to Google myself. Remember yeah. that time I won an award at the Olympics? Yeah. Let me just um, remind you. And she's sitting there by herself well, like, as well. Does she have like notifications or something up? Yeah, for, for like, like editing for it. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny that it, it was changed. And I just love that like... In the like 10 minutes that he changes it for so that Randy can yeah, go she online and them to lend credibility to Sophie's alias by making her a public figure. Mm. But not a public figure that is like, should be famous, famous, and like you should recognise them immediately. But like... It's niche. It's niche. It's niche, it fits, and it's like, who the fuck remembers what their country's like 
Yeah, exactly. You, you know, lose superstars. Like, I know so few Australian sports. I know yeah. Ash Barty. Yeah. Because she just won the Oz Open. She just won the Oz Open. Which Good on her. It's going to be like three years by the time we uh, post this. But... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I know Ash Barty. And... To date this in January of 2021. <laughs> And uh, that's probably the only... It's not 2020. Oh, Kathy Freeman. Fuck, it is 2022. Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. No, you did. Who else do I know? I know Kathy Freeman. Yeah. But no, I don't know jack shit all... Like, unless I, like, really follow a sport, which I don't follow many. No, me neither. I'm not going to recognise anyone. And they also chose a sport where... It's, like, pretty niche just in itself. It's pretty niche in itself. And they wear, like helmets yeah while they compete so like the only time you really see their faces if is if they do like an interview or on the podium like yeah it's not like they're not super recognizable it's not like tennis where you watch them and you can see their faces the entire time like yeah yeah um my other thing that i really liked about this episode more is just a concept yeah is a fortune cookie cereal yeah my question about that is, I, I fortune cookies actually probably would make reasonable cereal, yeah, right, because they're just a sweet grain, yeah. But and they're pretty solid got as well, so they wouldn't go paper in them. I think the idea is more like you crack them in half, <laughs> like grab the fortune out, and, and put them all in a bowl, and then put the cereal. Okay, because I was gonna say, like, what you just like taking a spoonful of milk and a fortune cookie, and then just, I mean, eating the paper inside. To be clear. Parker is not doing that. No. Because she's like, it's not I, breakfast. Si- like, yeah, that, that's why, like, you know, it, the implication and, of and it. And he's but, like, so, so did you have leftover Chinese food? And like, no, just the fortune cookies. Yeah, which honestly, goals. Oh. I'll have a good fortune cookie. Mm. Um, also, just just this concept, a snowy wet t-shirt contest. Yeah. Which sounds like hell. It sounds miserable. It I would hate to be. Your nipples would cut yeah. through the shirt. <laughs> I think it, it, it is also good to keep in mind that like that it is used to demonstrate that this dude is fucking an gross. And he's an idiot. Yeah. But like, yeah, also the realities of that, if that was an actual thing, maybe it is. I don't fucking know. Let's hope like, not. Let's just hope not for the pe- for competitors' sakes, because that sounds atrocious. <laughs> like it's why a wet t-shirt competition is gross enough as is. Yeah. But put it in like what maximum four degree temperature. Yeah. Like nah, that ain't it. Maybe the idea is that you've been outside in the snow and then you walk in with a snow stolen shirt and then it melts. Or maybe you're just sweating from you're... the snow sports. Yep. Look, you no take off your thermal and underneath you're all sweaty. No matter what way you look at it, it's bad. It's grot. <laughs> Pretty grot. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Um, and one last point. When Parker and Elliot are doing their, like, surveillance yeah. on the house, uh, they look so dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah. They look stupid. Parker looks like a gnome. Yeah. And they're, like, running around with their little fucking, like, t- it looks yeah. like a tiny little, uh satellite dish yeah. on a stick and I'm like what are you guys you look you look stupid <laughs> I don't like I understand what you're trying to achieve but you look dumb and but also I love them and I love them but they look stupid you can't complain because Parker has got a hat on that means all of her hair is contained but Elliot doesn't and his no. hair is down so yeah. <laughs> so I will not accept that because she just she looks like a little though to be fair Parker has a lot more hair and it's a lot more impractical than Elliot's hair. I would say that it's still impractical. Like, yeah. you could still get it in his face. 
I, it's like on a series, like on a on a scale of one to ten. His is like when her hair is down, it's like ten out of ten, most impractical fucking shit. Actually, no, it's probably more like a nine because ten out of ten is like ankle length fucking hair. Yeah, like uh, Rapunzel, like Rapunzel esque. Yeah. Whereas hers is just like a normal length. Hers is probably like a seven or an eight, to yeah. be honest. And his is more like a four or a five. I'd probably give him a six because it's relatively long. Like mm. it's long enough that it can get in his eyes and stuff, and or get caught in things. And it's so but, fluffy. Yeah, but no, my point is like. Like, I love them, don't get me wrong. But yeah. Parker just looks like a gnome, especially yeah. with the suspenders. I'm yeah. like, you look like you should be a foot tall and live in my garden. Yeah. Um, and It's I, a look and yeah. a half. It was just, it was an interesting choice. Yeah. <laughs> also, this episode, talking about costume design, there was a couple of things that I actually noticed about costume design, which I was, uh-huh. uh, I, I really just, these are little details that I love. They're kind of throwaway moments. But uh, Sophie's fur hat. Oh, yeah. That thing's giant. I love that thing. <laughs> it is, like, perfection. And also, Randy's uh, double collars popped. Oh, <laughs> The most 2008 <laughs> shit I have ever seen. Oh, you're not like, wrong. It dates the episode, and I kind of love it. It's very, like, nostalgic. Like, the the two collared shirt layers. Yeah. And both of them have the collar popped. Yeah. It is a choice and a half. It is certainly a choice. And it definitely speaks of the time period. <laughs> as do uh, their dad's shirts as well, actually. Yeah. They're horrific. Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, you have Elliot's little tiny glasses when he's pretending to be the uh, resort Elliot's manager. glasses. Oh, do you know what I do love? Parker's scarf right at the end of the episode. Yeah. The, like, black and grey, yeah. white checkery one. I do love that scarf mm-hmm. a lot. I think it's very cute. I would wear the fuck out of that yeah. scarf. Okay, moving on. I do want to talk about the technology in this episode. Oh my god, the fucking stylus! The, the tiny little the stylus, yeah, 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 and the uh, internet search. Oh my when god, it was like up. snow or like something. It was snowinternet.com yeah. or some shit. Yeah, I saw that. Like, oh god, they they're committing to the bit in this yeah. episode, and like just Hardison's little tiny fucking stylus. The fact that it rotates, the screen like rotates like a fucking cube yeah. is hilarious to me it is yeah it they make some really bold choices in this first season and i love some of them and i hate some of them and that technology choices are some that i love because they're just two 2008 you know you, you yeah they were like we're gonna embrace it. like we're not gonna try and look futuristic at all it is 2008 we are embracing it i mean we also have to talk about hardison in this episode because we shameful lack of hardison content so far uh specifically the scene where he goes from like you know, Randy's like, oh, I'll write you the check. And he's like, why can't they all be this yeah. easy? And, and then he's like, like, oh, I need my dad to do it. Yeah. Why do they all have to be he's this so hard? hard? Yeah. No, I did love that. I quite like Hardison. I do think, I know that I crap on about I hate Nate so much. All the yeah. other characters are fantastic. I love them. I just hate Nate. So overshadowing. Yeah. I'm like, I would I would enjoy this show so much more if he just wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. You know? I I understand that perspective entirely like if sophie was leading and it was just like mother duck and all her ducklings i'm excited for you to watch the reboot yeah yeah we also see some of hardison's like character traits really come in this episode specifically using all the technical terminology and just ranting when he's like being like cut the gig yeah that is something that's very consistent with his character the entire time anytime he gets nervous whenever he doesn't know like he's 
he doesn't yeah. filter himself. Normally for the team, he's, like, very put together. He's very much, like... But when he's stressed, it kind of goes out the window. It goes out the window. He just, like, ex- he doesn't explain anything. He just gives He'll them the He'll use the, the language that he actually knows yeah. rather than, like, dumbing it down for the people who don't know yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he also... I love the scene where they're like, oh, we could inject her brain with a contrast dye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there may be some side effects. Organ failure, death, death, death-like symptoms. I love the death-like symptoms. I want to know what the fuck that means. <laughs> it's a riddle. I also want to know exactly what every single one of the cons they list means and what they do. I love the apple pie and him, like, they're being like, what? And he's like, it's like the cherry, cherry pie, pie but, but with, with lifesavers. And I love that Sophie and Parker are both like, mm. I'm like, I I want to know what the fuck there you're was talking about. a merch idea going around in fandom a couple of years ago where it was like, why don't we just have, like, a coffee table book of all the different cons they ever mention? Oh, that's and, like, genius. And, like, a rundown of how they all work. It's kind of like... A less gross version of the Barney Stinson playbook. Yeah. From How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Mm. Or I a better that. version of the Supernatural Bestiary. I mean, I guess. You didn't have to come for my life like that, but all right, sure. <laughs> you got to admit, that would be more entertaining, though. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. I did want to point out that I do love the little twist of, like, all of the potential, like, the list was yeah. all of the victims. I liked that, but I do think it was an unnecessary risk. I think it really just – I think because they do this not very often, but there are a couple of occasions I can think of where they do this. I think it's always a calculated risk they take to just prove how little of a shit these – People give. People give yeah. about their victims. Yeah. Um, there's another one that comes to mind, and I think it's, it's infinitely more hilarious, uh, and you will learn more about that later on, and I can't really tell you because otherwise that like gives away kind of one of like the – episode plot twists which mm-hmm. is like not really a massive deal because like at this point you know the formula yeah yeah you know there's there's always a little detail that you didn't learn in the thing that you learn it and you're like oh this all clicks together yeah i did feel like it was a little bit of a cop out that mm-hmm. they removed one of the things that i like about leverage is that they tend they give you enough information that you should sort of be able to work out yeah. how they did it before they reveal it like mm-hmm. if you if you want to yeah you should be able to and not a lot of shows do that. One, like, of the obvious ones is, like, Sherlock, the BBC mm. version, which is a big complaint a lot of people had, is that they didn't give you all the information, so you couldn't figure it out until they told you. I think the other the issue with BBC Sherlock, which, to sidetrack a little bit, yeah. is in the first season, they kind of did. Yeah, the first you, season. The first season, you could. And then, subsequently, every season after that, they made the logic jumps more and more insane and like convoluted and, and like, convoluted and then they and just impossible didn't give you information and so it was just impossible but yeah so one of the things i like about leverage is that it seems at least in these first two episodes that mm-hmm. they you you could work it out if you wanted yeah but this episode they fully cut a scene mm-hmm. when the officer is talking to nate in the car yeah. and you don't get to see any of that dialogue till later mm-hmm. and i do kind and of like, feel like that falls into the category of like you like the audience could not have surmised that from what you were given. And it's also, it's not BBC Sherlock levels of, like, you didn't give us the information because you could guess because you talked to the cop that they yeah. were going to use the cops in some way to get the risings. But, like, yeah, you're right. It it does feel a bit like, oh, well, you've just... You've just kind of thrown that in there. Hmm. And it was kind of like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I did I did pick that, um, obviously, I, I don't think it was... 
particularly like well hidden and I don't think it was supposed to be because it was that close to the end of the episode but that it was Parker who came back and gave Randy the the yeah. forms like I was like oh that's yeah. that's clearly fucking Parker like yeah. even though they don't show her face really I was like that's yeah it's yeah. obviously that's what yeah. they're doing here the one question I did have though is how on earth they made it make sense that Sophie was there like she just like fucking rocked I think up. they're just like playing on the fact that Randy's, Randy's dumb. dumb as shit yeah <laughs> like I think that that is sort of what it is Randy just assumes because she was working with Dennis mm. that Dennis just told her. Yeah. Like, or that she was there with Dennis and then she was like, oh, well, I'm just going to... Yeah, because I was I was so confused. I was like, I understand, like, Parker. And I picked up on that immediately. I was like, that's not really... And I, I, I feel like they could have done the exact same ending without having Sophie there. So yeah. it seems just, like, very odd to me. I was like, I don't really know how you even if she your way like, through that one. Uh, even if she just, like, emailed through, like, the, the documents, yeah. like... Yeah, or even if they were just in the stack that Parker gave him, you know. Um, Anyway, that was I was just a little confused. There are a couple other little moments that I just really love that I want to shout out. Honorable Uh mentions for these tiny moments. Yeah. Feel free to respond if you also have opinions on these moments. Okay, okay, no worries. Uh, Specifically, Hardison having a telling rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. (laughs) I want to know what it is. Like, I hope that... We get more instances so that I can try and figure it yeah. out because I feel like that would be hilarious. Uh, Dennis straight up just describing Parker as like, wow, dead eyes, like there's yeah. no soul. Yeah, no, that was entertaining. I did like the little scene between her and Sophie where Sophie's trying to give her like acting tips and Parker's just like, don't I just like act like I'm, I'm dead? dead, like I'm dying? And she's like, yeah, but like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know about, it's about the atmosphere. In like control the space think of something sad like your father dies starts laughing yeah like opposite of the the brief the brief that was not exactly what sophie was imagining i imagine <laughs> and parker getting really pissed like what are you doing storming and out the room out. and elliot running to like grab her i was like I did love that in terms of, like, comedy, but I was also like, dude, if he'd seen that, you would have fucked up everything. That was the dumbest fucking decision. So that is actually something that will get addressed later on, that Mm. Parker doesn't always... Because, of course, she's a thief. She doesn't con people. Yeah. That's not, like... The extent to which she cons people is like, oh, I'm pretending to be, like, a security guard. Yeah. For, like, an afternoon so I can... Yeah. You know, like, it's very much sort of like, you know, the scene in the homecoming job where she, like, pretends to be the officer and then she switches characters. Yeah. And then she's pretending to be, like, the intern or the legal aide or whatever. Yeah, or in the wedding job where she's dressed as the bridesmaid so that she has access to everything. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't really do cons. Like, she doesn't... Her version of a con is putting on a costume and walking past and walking past someone. Like she does not interact with people by conning them. So she doesn't always really think through the consequences of her actions actions and the risks that she takes as a single thief who is aware of herself rather than as a team. So that is something that is coming up that is addressed and it is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, okay, good. So I am very excited for you to see that one Mm because they they do address it. Like they don't just like her emotional reactions and her not realizing the implications of her actions in a con yeah. is something that is very much like dealt with. Awesome. Cool. And is That's really something cool. that is character development through the series. Cool. But yeah. I look so, forward to that then. And you do get the incredible moment of Elliot just picking her up and walking her back. And Hardison's just sitting there like, so I think I don't have actually any more like little moments. Cause like, 
Here's the thing, I love Leverage so much because it does give you all of these like little iconic moments that are just like yeah. a microcosm <laughs> of like characterization and plot and like Yeah. It's like a collection of a million little things rather yeah. than like one big thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's very cute and there are certainly like a number of like and I don't bring them all up because there's too many. Yeah. Um, which is like, you know, and then it just becomes like that one episode of uh, Driver Picks the Podcast where we ranted about all the big shit in Australia for like 40 minutes. Exactly. And like, it's like, that's it's not really the point of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, there are certainly a number of little things and I do appreciate them, but I feel like in this context, it's, it's easier to bring them up as like honorable mentions and just yeah. sort of skim past them because otherwise we just I mean like up, I love this I love that like yeah if of... you end up talking about it trying to talk about it in depth first of all it's usually not that deep and second of all like you end up just not talking about the other things that yeah. are like really important in the episode like Nate's though I do think it is important to bring them up and oh, I know yeah. it seems like we're really skimming past them but I think it's important to bring up because otherwise the stuff we end up ranting about is all this shit where we're like Oh, well, that didn't really make sense. And yeah, it's so, important to note the stuff that's good as well as the Otherwise, stuff it seems like we just hate the show. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, like I said, half of my notes were about how much I fucking hate, hate Nate. Nate. Yeah. I, I just sort of ignore Nate. Like, I love I love everyone else. I'm just going to ignore Nate. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoy the show. It is not the kind of show that I would watch unless we were doing it in this context. Mm. And if we were to stop recording this podcast, I probably would not continue to watch it. Because it's not this. It's not the kind of content that I search out. Hmm. But like, in saying that, I have a fucking blast talking about it with you. So it is worth watching it, even though I don't love it as like a media piece. To be able to then spend two hours making fun of it with you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's more, really more a testament to my my friendship with you than anything else. But um, you know, and don't get me wrong. Like, even though it is not the kind of media that I would usually invest myself in. That does not by any means make it a bad media, and it doesn't mean that there are not things about it that I like. Okay, so that means that I've run out of things that I want to excitedly like tell you, like, oh, but this moment. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add today? No, I am fully done, I think. Okay, so that brings us to the point of the episode we get every week where I ask you, out of five, what would you rate this episode of Leverage? I think I'm going to give it a two. Okay. Like I said before, I of the four episodes we've seen thus far, I think it's my second least favorite. Yeah. I did quite like the last the last one, the wedding job. Yeah. I feel like this is a step backwards. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it a two. Um, and I can see yeah. that. Like, yeah. It's it's just not that it doesn't feel very. The actual crime that has been, or like you know, it's not even a crime yeah. technically, but like the atrocity that's being committed is just so horrific. But I feel like, and like that is memorable. Yeah. I feel like the episode itself is not. Yeah. Like there are some great moments. But it has overall, some really like memorable and really iconic moments in this episode. But like overall as an episode, it's just kind of like. I feel like of the first four. It's not it just, a very strong episode in its totality. Yeah, exactly. Like as an episode overall, I feel like it doesn't hold up as well as the others. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a two. Okay. Next episode is called The Mile High Job. What do you think that's going to be? Oh, okay, that's going to be on a plane, surely. Okay, so you're thinking plane? Yeah, because yeah, that's like, you know, the Mile High Club is, yeah. you know. A thing with planes. Yeah. Where you, I'm sure you know. Yeah, I feel like, it, you know, if you're not sure, actually maybe don't Google it. Point is, if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> Just leave it that way, you're okay. Um, 
Yeah, like, surely it's got to be, like, in the air, which would yeah. be interesting, actually. If yeah. that is the case, I feel like that would be very fun. Yeah. I would like to see it. If it's mm-hmm. not that, I'm going to be disappointed, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I No spoilers, but I will tell you, it is a very fun episode. If you want to talk to us at all, though, you can find Beth over on Twitter at ThiefStillsPod and send her your least favourite hats in media. Oh, like, my God. In terms of costume design, what like did you ever watch like a movie or TV show and you were like, I hate that hat? Send it to Beth. Wigs also count. Hats and wigs. Well, then you're just going to get a dozen photos of Sam's Party City wig. Actually, yes. On so I thoughts, don't know if wigs count. Yes. Maybe wigs don't count purely because that is objectively the worst headdressing from anything ever. So, yeah. Okay, let's stick to hats No, wigs, wigs count, but just not that wig. Okay, yes. We you already know about that atrocity. The party, the party City wig from the finale of Supernatural, we understand to be the worst. So, yes. Send us your number Anything two. Anything else, yeah. <laughs> What's your number two worst hat of all time? Or wig of all time? I think that uh, I think that's fair. And if you want to talk to Jamie, get into anything with her, you can find her over on Tumblr, and that would be at Thief Steals the Podcast. I feel like it could be very fun to have a chat with Jamie about the different cons that are brought up in yeah. Leverage. Um, obviously, in this episode, we talk a little bit about the apple pie job. Like, I, I want to know how it works. I want to know how lifesavers are involved. Yeah. Like, that's my question. So I feel like, you know, you know that coffee table book we were chatting about? Get over on Tumblr and figure it out with Jamie. Like, DIY. Do it ourselves. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a lovely good morning, afternoon, evening, day, night, sometime. Time. Wow. Brunch. We are professionals. Oh, aren't we just? We're about as professional as Nate was in this episode. Let's be real. <laughs> okay, We're not so drunk, though. That's, so. that's, our, that's our bar. We have to be more professional than Nate. That is not a low. That, it's a, a very... That's a fucking... The bar is on the ground. Yeah. That's like being like, I want to be a better parent than John Winchester. It's like, that's not a golf. Occasionally, we <laughs> might have to step like five centimetres off the ground. Oh. Yeah. All right. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.